With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Exciting memory since 1979. England, having bowled Australia out for 179 on an off and on topsy turvy day one, are decidedly on top. Joffre Archer was once again the star, taking the first of presumably 100 or so Test 5 wicket hauls to reduce Australia from 136 for 2 to 179 all out. I'm your host, Ben Gardner, and I'm joined for the very first time by a special guest, Jared Kimber. Cricket writer, broadcaster, data analyst, general manager, you name it. Jared, where did it all go wrong for the Aussies? Um, yeah, uh, where did it go wrong for Australia? Well, I mean, it's overcast um, conditions and they're in England, so I probably went wrong when they got on the plane and they were going to get pictures like this. Um, uh, I think actually a lot of things went right for them. They didn't get any edges early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I thought England bowled dreadfully at one stage. Yeah. There was that point on Twitter where everyone said England had lost the Ashes for about an hour. Um, which shows you how poor um, they had bowled. So um, I just don't think Australia are suited to wickets like this, and especially against you know Broad um, and Joffre. And to be honest, if Wokes had bowled as good as he usually does, uh, Australia might not have made 86, let alone 179. Yeah. Do, do you think it is one of those scores that could end up being sort of half competitive? Is it not a test match and going to rack up 400 in a defining lead, or what do you think? It's interesting. If it's anything like this tomorrow, then I think, 177 or what sorry 179 could end up being a handy score i think you're right but uh, it's not supposed to be like this tomorrow it's supposed to be sunnier yeah. generally it leads when it's sunny that's uh, that's a problem so uh, i suppose we have to wait and see what the weather's going to be like but it shouldn't it shouldn't be enough <laughs> it should be at the very least 80 to 100 runs behind where england should score um, but you could have patterns who could run through them or you know or hazelwood um, and things could change but realistically the I don't want to be in a situation where we start going 179 is enough in, in <laughs> Test cricket, but the way that teams are batting, I don't know, maybe it is. Yeah, okay. And there was that, there was, as you said, there was that stage with that one partnership between uh, Warner and Labuschagne when batting did look okay for a second. And it was when the sun was out. So do you think it's mostly, is it really the overhead conditions rather than the pitch, or is it just as Patrick England just bowled badly and they made it look good, or what was it? I think if, if you look back at the Crickviz data, that early on I thought they bowled very well and they didn't get the wickets they went for. And I think the natural thing there is uh, to start chasing the wickets. And I think that Wokes, 
Um, maybe less so. I think maybe he just didn't find his rhythm. But I think Ben Stokes uh, certainly looked like he was chasing wickets. And this is a weird ground because it's a ground where you can take a lot of wickets, but you also it's quite small and quite square. The wicket you can score quite quickly. Mm-hmm. And I think they were chasing, bowling maybe the wrong lengths, and Australia pounced on that. And maybe you're right. Maybe the sun did come out a bit more then. Um, it's hard to remember. I don't remember having seen the sun today. <laughs> but but um, I wasn't always looking up. Although I was looking up most of the day. But but I think that the main thing was in that period that England didn't bowl well enough. If they just stayed in the channel just outside off stump and kept uh, and kept the ball there, I don't think there would have been a partnership like that. Yeah, okay. So, obviously, Warner made runs today. Didn't look convincing all the time, I guess it's fair to say. Do you think... I mean, I guess in the World Cup, he sort of did the same thing where he made scratchy runs at first and then was back in form. Do you think this is the same thing, or do you think there's, there's an issue with him batting in England where he still doesn't have a Test 100? What do you think is going wrong or is starting to go right there? I mean, most interestingly is that you've waited for Davey to get on the bus before you said this. <laughs> you made sure that he's safely behind you. He was uh, behind us a moment ago. Um, I don't think he batted very well today. Um, I'm not sure I've seen him bat that well. I, I think you were right. I think the World Cup... Um, I asked him about it in a press conference and he got a bit tetchy. Um, uh, he tried to make a joke of it, but he also sent me a message later going, do you really think I'm not batting well? <laughs> so I think there's a certain point where he's um, uh, he's still searching for that, that form he had before. But don't forget, he made a lot of runs in the IPL. Hmm. Um, uh, you know, So it's not like he's come from completely no form, but... In the World Cup, I thought he struggled a little. He certainly struggled with Stuart Broad here. I thought today it was mostly a Stuart Broad-related thing. I actually thought he looked pretty good against the other bowlers, even Joffre, whereas I thought against Broad, he really didn't look like he was going to hit the ball. Um, but no, look, it was a lucky innings. It's no different than the Rory Burns innings in the first test for yeah. me. Um, on another day, you bat exact, you make as many mistakes as those two did, and they wouldn't, wouldn't have lasted five minutes. Some days it just goes for you. And also... You might you might be able to say that Broad maybe bowled a bit, a bit too wide to him and a little bit too short. Um, it's interesting that Broad bowled the perfect line and length to head, mm, yeah, and got him out. I don't think we saw as many balls um, to Warner in the same area. So you know, there, there's a lot of different factors there. But I think Warner will be happy that he's just got runs. You yeah. know, it wasn't that long ago everyone was like, "Will he make a run this Ashes?" Yeah. Any runs will happen, and he is a confidence player, and uh, you know, but he's probably looking for some sunny days. Yeah, okay. Uh, so let's go through a few of the talking points of the day reasonably quickly. Marcus Harris came in at the top of the order for Cameron Bancroft and made eight. Still probably the right decision, you think? Yeah, I think he's uh, probably the better option, especially in English conditions. I don't think Bancroft was going to make any runs. It's one of those things that Harris fails, so everyone goes, we shouldn't have made a change, but I'm pretty sure Bancroft would have failed anyway. So I, I think that was the right call. Cool. And the other change was uh, James Patterson coming for Peter Siddle, but the form was sort of rested second test to ensure he was a... Uh, the, the phrase they've been using is cherry ripe, which sort of makes me, uh, makes me a bit squeamish. But, or uh, hungry. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, well. uh, yeah I, I think um, if, if that's what they're going to do... I mean, they're basically thinking about it from a baseball perspective. They're trying <laughs> to platoon, uh, platoon their bowlers a little bit and bring them in when they're, when they're cherry ripe. <laughs> um, when they're a Mars bar, I don't know. I don't understand the full phrase. But... Um, uh, if that's the case, then it was the right decision to bring Pattinson back. Cool, yeah. And then looking at the end of the day, after they did break that partnership, uh, Joff Archer is just, he's going to do that to, to loads and loads of tails, isn't he? Yeah, well, he's going to get lots of people out, isn't he? I mean, it's incredible to watch him today and bowling at 84 miles an hour. And the first thought is everyone, oh, England broke him in the last test. They bowled him too many overs, which m- might be slightly true as well. 
but the, the truth is, I, I think he was holding himself back because he knew the conditions were, were in his favor. Yeah. That means he's not a fast bowler. That means he's a complete bowler, which just means that he's going to destroy teams in all sorts of conditions. I mean, if you've got someone who on a flat pitch can bowl, you know, 95 miles an hour and on a pitch that seems can, can go back and still nip it around. And uh, now he's walking behind you, but he'll be happy to hear this. So that's, <laughs> that's okay. Um, if, that, if you've got a bowler of that talent, uh, you know, I'm not sure how you stop them other than injury. Um, because, you know, you look at someone like Sean Pollock, who probably was never quite as quick as Joffre either, but he had the ability to, you know, so when his body did start to, to, to compact a little bit, he was still really good. Glenn McGrath was, was slower at the end. I mean, that means that Joffre can, for maybe five, six years, absolutely, you know, uh, annihilate people by hitting them in the head. And then um, he'll be so smart that he'll be able to get players out the other way. That, that Those sort of bowlers don't come around that often. Yeah, I think there's a bit of, obviously we've, compared him to a lot of people, was a bit of Dale Stane and the way he cranked up and down in the speeds. Dale Stane, I think, has spoken about how he would pull it back when he was bowling with the new ball because there's that swing off, you don't need to be cranking up to 90 miles an hour and then when that goes, you crank it up and as you say, he didn't need to crank up at all today because yeah, it I was always he, there. It just when he got, I can't remember which wicket it was, but it was a wicket in the middle, he went up to 89. Yeah. So again, I think he thought Some, something's got to happen here and he cranked it back up and then the ball was doing enough and he, and he, and he came back down again. So, I mean, that... That just shows a proper cricket brain. Like, you yeah. know, um, if you, Sean Tate and Shoa Bakhtar are not going to do that. Yeah. Right? Yeah, okay. They're going to keep bowling as quick as they can, um, as long as they can. Whereas, you know, he's a skillful, clever bowler and he's got a lot of different, um, you know, he's got great wrist position. He swings it. He can seam it. He, he can think batsman out and then occasionally he can bowl at 96 miles an hour. Yeah. Okay. So we should probably talk about the the one Australian <laughs> who did look pretty good, which is Marnus Labuschagne. Yeah. Um, he, uh, well, I guess two questions is, um, is he the real deal and why didn't he start the series in the side? Yeah, he would have started the series in my side. Um, interestingly, though, I'm about to say that yeah, I'm not sure he's the real deal, but okay. I, I think he should have started. I think he's um, a, a very, um, I think he earned the spot and he made sense. I think that they were a bit worried about that sort of middle order area where they thought they were maybe slightly more covered. Um, mm. than it, I th think they thought that Head and, and Wade deserved the spots more than him. I think now we're looking at it and, and we're probably thinking, uh, maybe he's a better option in England than, than Head is. But um, he averages 37 in first-class cricket. I had a look. I think he averages somewhere around 30 in first-class cricket against right-arm seam bowling. You're going to face a lot of that of really good quality yeah. in test cricket. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm not sure where he fits into the side. He sort of has to bat three or four. Um, but he's not a great player of seam. Um, and he's a better player of spin. But I'm not sure because he's not... He's, you know, head. We know head's going to score quite quickly when he gets in, and Wade's obviously quite attacking. That's the sort of five and sixes that Australia like. I, I, I worry about it, but I, I certainly think that today this is the best I've ever seen him bat, yeah. um, and in conditions that probably don't suit him that much. Um, but again, he played missed a bit early on and looked like an Australian batsman playing in England uh, in in the bad ways uh, for a little while there. So, um, but it, you know, the fact that he can get a hit in the head and get hit in the penis and get hit everywhere <laughs> else and still come back to it. it does show that there's something there but I'm not sure um, we're looking at a batsman who will ever average more than 40 in test cricket but in modern test cricket maybe that's more than enough yeah uh, maybe take some courage to review the decision that got him out as well I think when you're hit by a shin high full toss 
and you fall over and are on all fours, you might just not want to see it again. <laughs> well, I like, I like, he was angry that he missed the full toss. Yeah. He was angry that he was given out. And then he was, he seemed angry that he reviewed it at yeah. one stage. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of angst in, in, in Manus. Um, uh, which, and look, there's a couple of funny moments today. The other one was the, the great one where there was the four overthrows off the bat and yeah. the England crowd started booing and then they realized they won a World Cup with it and like <laughs> swallowed the boo midway through, which, you know, so there was some funny cricket. Jeez, when he got hit in the ball. So that, that, was a painful mm, blow yeah. that was only funny until it looked like he was actually hurt yeah um i remember playing with a guy once who the, the box split open mm -hmm. and then split back shut yeah. but with his um with his manhood inside it for a minute i thought that might have happened to manus yeah and hashim amla once had to miss a test i think and had to have surgery on that area after yeah. a blow so it, it can be serious as well as funny it's 99 times out of 100 funny because yeah. you only get need a spot but what i mean you know it doesn't matter if you believe in god or evolution it's a massive design flaw to have <laughs> something that's that painful dangling outside <laughs> your body I, I mean for cavemen it must be they must have been getting it caught all the time i'm not sure if you thought that's where this podcast was going at the start but i was always going to take it back to caveman and their testicles okay well let's let's finish on a cricket note in that case uh your predictions for tomorrow what do you think is going to happen uh i think it is weather dependent i think if the weather's in australia's favor then 177 maybe uh, sorry 179 i don't know why i keep saying 177 that was the last time i looked at the scoreboard apparently yeah, yeah. um I don't think, I, I think, you know, they'll be in the game. They should be, they may not bowl them out for as cheaply, but they should be able to bowl them out for maybe 220 or something like that. But if it does get sunny and it is an easy ground to score quickly on and, and Australia lose their way a little bit, um, uh, then there's no reason why England couldn't score over 300. I'm not sure you can score much more than that here, but if they score over, if they score 300, then they should win this test. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think, I think England will score 300 and I think you're right that they, I think they will need to score that to win the test, as we saw in the first test when England got a lead of near 100 and Australia just batted them out of the game. I think when tests get shorter, third innings maybe get a bit longer and the pitch hasn't broken up by that stage and that might be the best one to bat rather than the second innings and so you really need a, a big lead if you're going to bowl first. Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. So uh, thanks, thanks, Jared, very much for, for joining me for the first time. We'll be here again tomorrow and the day after if we get that far. <laughs> Uh, this has been the uh, the Wisden Daily Ashes podcast, sponsored by Travel Bag. Creating holidays packed full of exciting memories since 1979. And if you enjoyed listening, please subscribe on the podcast app and Spotify, anywhere else you can find, and tell your friends. Podcast Network.